Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenia, dancing in, scores! And now it's Gallagher. Gallagher stepping in and shoots, scores! Alex Galchenia, up for the drop, look at it, he's in the line, waiting, scores! This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 180 of the Habs 360 Podcast. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980 for this Saturday, October 1st, 2016. And well, for those of you who didn't know, on uh, Friday, September 30th, was International Podcast Day. So we're going to take the opportunity to thank you, our listeners, for making Habs 360 your podcast of choice. And Habs 360 is the most informative and interactive podcast that you'll be able to find anywhere across the world. And joining me on today's episode, my co-host, you can follow me on Twitter at all Habs, all in one word, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites, Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing? Doing great, Chris. Uh, I'm glad to be here and, and uh, certainly have lots to talk about this week. And, and we're for on sure. a little early this week for a change. Uh, yeah, a little early as the Canadians uh, will face the Ottawa Senators in about uh, 90 minutes uh, from now. And well, lots to talk about, and let's get it started with a uh, with a congratulations to uh, Team Canada who won the World Cup of uh, Hockey, and well, let's make it more specific to the Montreal Canadiens. Congratulations to uh, Carey Price and uh, Shea Weber for being part of the winning team. And let's stick with the subject of Carey Price here on the top of today's episode. Uh, last season, there was a debate. Throughout the entire season, whether or not Carey Price should play at uh, the World Cup. And now, well, the World Cup of hockey is done. It's, um, it's easy to look back now and say that, yes, it was a, a good decision. But, Rick, the way Carey Price played, especially in the last two games of the tournament, he definitely looks ready for an upcoming NHL season. It's hard to even explain how how dominant he was and how difficult that must have been. Um, you know, he hasn't played since November. Uh, he came in and in a very short period of time had to be, you know, top of his game. Um, and he ended the, 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 World, uh, the World Cup of Hockey, his, his record 5-0, and um, 1.40 goals against, 9.57 save percentage, he was outstanding. He was just dominant. Um, and, you know, you, you, had, um, you had everyone uh, on that Team Canada team. Well, you had not only on Team Canada, but opponents uh, uh, speaking so highly about him as well. Um, Mike Babcock, the head coach for Team Canada, was, was just effusive in his praise for, for not only Kerry's performance, but uh, the calming effect that he had on the team. Um, you know, and, and players like John Tavares, uh, Tavares said how he was just, just overwhelmed how um, the, the, the aura of Carey Price and how it affected the, the team. Um, this, is, this is best on best. This is, this is maybe even, uh, you know, higher level than, than Stanley Cup playoffs. And, and now Carey Price has 10 wins in that best-on-best best format. Um, that's second only to um, Martin Brodeur, 
Um, and if the NHL uh, does opt to, to head uh, to the 2018 Olympics, uh, price is sure to uh, surpass Broder's uh, record. Um, 16 international games without a loss. I mean, what else can you say? He was just absolutely outstanding. Yeah, and it was more impressive. Like you said, he came back after all this time, and right away he was facing top players. He wasn't facing uh, AHL-type roster like uh, we've seen in the first couple of games in uh, the preseason. And another thing that impressed me is that there was an interview after the tournament at the conclusion where Stephen Waite, uh, the Canadian goaltending coach, said that Carey Price is 100% physically, but his game isn't at 100% yet. So just imagine when he reaches that plateau and how dominant Carey Price will be, and he'll definitely be uh, a big part of the Canadians uh, going forward. Uh, an experienced backup goalie did well last year in Florida. Gave us uh, insurance policy, you know, uh, depth in net and uh, competition internally. Probably knew that there was uh, going to be another another sign uh, sign another goalie. Uh, most teams carry three uh, capable NHL goalies, so um, I only see that as a positive. I get another goalie I get to learn from, another guy who's played in the league a long time, and get to pick his brain a little bit and learn a lot from him. So we heard from Mark Brejavain speaking about the Montreal Canadiens free agent signing on July 1st in a contract that was worth a little bit less than $1 million. Um, Montoya, who joined the Montreal Canadiens. And then we heard Michael Condon speaking on his thoughts on the Canadiens going to acquire Al Montoya as a, uh, I guess, a third goalie and third NHL caliber uh, goalie. So Bergevin said that there would be internal competition. Well, sorry, I think it was uh, actually Condon who said there would be internal competition for the uh, backup spot. And well, Condon has played one and a half game. And well, let's hear some uh, post-game thought- comments after each game by the coach. I, th- I, th- I thought it was good. I thought it was all right. Lindgren was really, really good. He, uh, he got more challenge than uh, than Michael, and um, he makes some key saves, and that one spectacular. What? Uh, yeah, he got bad breaks. He looked at those two first goals, too, you know, two shots, two goals, but they were bad, bad break, you know, and those things happen. Well, first. Clip was uh, following the game where Michael Condon played half a game against New Jersey Devils. He allowed two goals on ten shots. And, well, against the Ottawa Senators, he played a complete game. And he allowed four goals on um, on 21 shots. And, Rick, uh, just hearing those two comments by the coach, I actually think the coach was being nice. I think that uh, Mike Condon, at least so far this season has looked uh, a little bit shaky. Yeah, Condon hasn't uh, hasn't played well. Um, you know, two goals on, on three shots uh, the other night to start. Uh, three goals on eight shots, I think it was. And midway through the game, we were kind of expecting, as as has been the, the, the pattern, uh, Charlie Lindgren to come in halfway through the third. The Canadians opted not to do that. They let Mike Condon play the entire game. And um, I think, I think recognizing that he had a a really um, uh, shaky game to that point, um, he wasn't looking good and uh, gave him the opportunity to battle through it, finish the game. Um, You know, some might say that it was, uh, you know, you wouldn't want to pull him and then try to trade him. (laughs) Um, uh, so maybe maybe that had something to, to do with it as well because the Canadians obviously have uh, one extra goaltender that something's going to happen, otherwise somebody's going to end up in the ECHL uh, come opening night. But, um, yeah, he – one of the things that, uh, that you know, we heard is that, that Mike Condon was going to spend the offseason uh, focusing on his puck tracking. Uh, that's you know the ability to read not only uh, not uh, not only the shooter but ability to to read the play the ability to read where the puck 
is going. And that's been a real struggle for him. Um, the, the, the product of that has been uh, that it contributes to his lack of rebound control. And um, he just, he just hasn't looked, he just hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked comfortable. Um, and, you know, to, to be honest, uh, you know, he, it, it's kind of a carryover from last season. He, he had a, he had a bad season, but let's be honest. He had a bad season last season. And I agree. I think he did have a bad season. It wasn't the uh, only reason to explain the Canadians' uh, lack of success last season, but definitely he uh, he didn't help out. But like we've mentioned, we're not going to go into that discussion uh, in detail. But he didn't uh, he didn't help his team to uh, to play better last season. And if you look at his in the preseason, he has an 806 save percentage so far, and most of the teams that he, the, whether it be the Devils that he faced or the Ottawa Senators, well, the Senators was pretty much a, a complete team, but overall it wasn't even an NHL caliber teams that he faced. So I would expect him to have, well, any goalie, at least a goalie who's had lots of NHL experience under his belt, to have a higher save percentage than uh, than 806. And honestly. Uh, Rick, when I heard the signing of Al Montoya on July 1st, to me it was obvious that, you know what, when the season starts, uh, Al Montoya is a backup goaltender, and Mike Condon, he's going to go down to uh, to the AHL. And, well, he hasn't definitely helped his cause uh, so far with his play uh, this season. One thing that stood out in my mind when I saw the Canadian uh, roster of players that they invited to training camp this year, was there was there six goalies that were invited? So Carey Price, Al Montoya, Mike Condon, uh, there's Lindgren, there's Zachary Fukali, and there's uh, McNiven. So that's six goalies. So Rick, I'll give you a couple seconds to think about it. Uh, if you look at what is your depth chart look in terms of goal, I'll go first because I've already did this exercise to give you the time to uh, think about it a bit. So obviously, I think we know that Carey Price will be the number one goalie, and he'll be backed up by Al Montoya. Now, when it goes down to the AHL, I'm going in with the assumption that uh, there will be no trades involving the goaltender. So that's the assumption that I'm going in there. I just want to make that clear. In the AHL, I I'm starting to think that you know what I might put Lindgren number three, Charlie Lindgren to be the starting goaltender in the AHL, get him some playing time, and have Michael Condon as a number four goalie in the AHL. And who knows, it might be a 1A, 1B situation back there. And then in the ECHL, we have uh, Zachary Fukali and uh, McNiven in, uh, in goal in Brampton. So lots of goalies in the Canadian organization. Rick, how do you see the depth charting goal? Yeah, surprise, surprise. I'm not going to disagree with you uh, too much here. Um, yeah, price, price to start. Uh, Montoya, uh, Montoya will start. I uh, understand today. Um, he's he's looked fine. He gave up one soft goal, but I I think he's cemented the the backup role, uh, particularly because of his play last year. Um, I'd I'd like to see um, Charlie Lindgren and and Zach Bucalli. With the ice caps, uh, as you said, uh, um, kind of splitting starts there. Um, Lindgren, uh, you know, below Montoya, Lindgren has been the best goalie, uh, both in rookie camp and and uh, the main training camp. Um, he's, he's just uh, he's just he's just raw. He just needs uh, he just needs playing time and and uh, picking up half the starts in in um, St. John's would do that. Uh, that leaves Mike Condon. Uh, we're gonna smoke detector here. Mike Condon um, <laughs> on the outside looking in, um, and that he has to pass through waivers uh, to get down to um, another level. And uh, so, you know, maybe he maybe he gets picked up. Maybe he gets picked up for nothing, and and that's uh, an addition by deletion. It it solves the Canadians' problems. Um, but not much of a 
a market out there. Um, so if he passes through, um, you know, maybe maybe he he goes to Brampton this year, which would be a you know a, a big a big drop, a big fall for him, and unfortunate. Um, but I just don't see him fitting in. If if there's a trade to be made, it probably isn't Mike Condon. It's probably Zach Krikali. Um, but I don't think the Canadians are ready to do that yet. Um, you know, Zach didn't have a great season last year, but he's physically he's got all the tools. He's a very athletic goaltender. His only problem is he's also a very emotional, complete opposite of Terry Price. He's a super emotional goaltender. His problem is the mental game. He gets stoked when he makes a big save and then he lets in a bad goal. Or goes, when he lets in a goal, those goals weigh on his mind and he has trouble uh, making the next stop. So, um, you know, essentially I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I, just on Michael McNiven, um, he's another really raw, interesting prospect. And um, he could, um, I, I think he's, uh, in the, the OHL coaches poll, they expected him to be the perhaps the the second best goaltender in the OHL this year. So uh, in Owen Sound. So um, that's speaking to goaltender depth. Uh, that's all very positive. And, and there's also Hayden Hockey out there as well, a uh, goaltender with a great name. Um, so the Canadians have goaltending depth, um, but I think that's bad news for Mike Condon going forward. Yeah, for sure, and he definitely did it to help his cause. And if, just to go back, I guess, to, to Carey Price, uh, I'm, I'm assuming no injury again to uh, to Carey Price once again this season. Uh, what are we looking in terms of um, of a workload for, for Carey Price? I personally, uh, if you look at Al Montoya's stats in the last three seasons, he's played uh, an average of uh, 25 games. And I see him playing that kind of workload again this year. So that means that Carey Price will be playing about uh, 57 games between 55 and 60 games this season. And I think that's a a good workload, especially now that the Canadians have a a proven NHL backup goalie on uh, on the roster. What are your thoughts, Rick? This is terrible. I'm going to agree with you again. Um, 55 to 60 (laughs) starts, I think, is is ideal for, for Price. Um, and Montoya has has that ability to, um, you know, to go through long stretches without playing and then get in there and show that he's uh, an NHL goaltender. And, and uh, I think I think that split would be perfect uh, this year for for the for the Canadians for Carey Price for preparation for the playoffs. And one thing to keep in mind: it's uh, brand new as of uh, this season that every team gets a bye week in in the winter. So that means that there, there should be a couple of more back-to-back situations that uh, there has been in the past. So th- another reason to have a, a solid backup goalie for, uh, for Carey Price. Uh, so let us know via Twitter or via the uh, All Habs Facebook page. Did Mike Condon play himself out of a job? And we're going to be reading on your comments uh, later on uh, today's episodes. But still to come, one of the Habs' newest acquisitions. He made headlines across the NHL for good reasons or bad reasons. We're going to discuss that. And, well, a couple of defensemen are off to a good start. We're going to talk about that as well. And, well, you heard the smoke alarm uh, at Brick. A lot of hot takes today on the Habs 360 podcast. Stay with us. We're featuring all Habs. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? 
Subscribe to Hub360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. hockey things happen you know um like i said my intentions were not to hurt him obviously just, just finishing my check you know trying to to get into shape for uh the upcoming upcoming season shaw has been suspended once previously by the department of player safety for playing rules violations in his 389 game nhl career hobbs was treated during the game but returned to the game and completed it the Department of Player Safety has suspended Andrew Shaw for three preseason games. And, well, there we heard the decision from uh, Player Safety. Andrew Shaw has been suspended for three preseason games. And, well, just to go through the context, Andrew Shaw, he was slew-footed. I don't know, is that even a word? Slew-footed, I guess, uh, by Jay Beagle in the same sequence right before the hit from behind. And then later during that shift, Shaw goes in the corner and he hits Connor Hobbs from behind. And it wasn't a clean hit. It was a dirty hit. And he dropped the gloves. And then even during the fight, he asked the Bell Center crowd to make some noise, to to cheer. So on the ice, it was called a five-minute major for boarding. And he did get a game misconduct. And I think it was well-deserved. But... The suspension itself, I think the suspension was a joke, honestly. Shaw is probably happy about about it because he doesn't need to play any more preseason games, right? He knows he has a job on the roster, so he has nothing to battle for. And, well, he's, players don't get paid in the preseason, so it doesn't cost him any money as, um, as well for the suspension. Rick, what are your thoughts? Don't you miss Brandon Shanahan on those videos? The, the voice on those videos now is just so robotic. It's just those player safety videos. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, no, I, I miss Brandon Shannon. Um, man, I'm going to agree with you again. Um, it, it, was, it was a dirty hit. There is, there's, you know, um, he, he saw the numbers. He, he made the hit head into the glass. Um, it was just a bad hit, and and it was because, as you said, he was he was mad. He was mad that he got uh, taken down by Jay Beagle. He went in and took it out on somebody else. That was that was bad enough, and he was going to get suspended for that. But I I really didn't like his his circus antics during the during the fight. Um, you know, they're grappling, and and he's he's encouraging the crowd to cheer, and then he you know. Uh, takes down in the fight. It, it, was, it was, as some said on on uh, Twitter, Bush League. And um, I, don't, I don't think we... I, 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 liked, I like Andrew Shaw. I, I like his energy. I didn't 
as I think I said last week, I didn't like um, the trade, uh, the two trades uh, to bring him here. Um, but what 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 was he doing? It's 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 ridiculous. And and as you said, uh, again, I'm going to agree. The suspension's ridiculous. Um, he, in my mind, should have have received a one game. Uh, one regular season game uh, suspension because the preseason is just its absolutely meaningless. There's, as you said, no dollar value attached to it. Um, I, and, and in the, in the, uh, the game, he received uh, five for boarding, five for fighting, a 10-minute misconduct, and a game misconduct. Um, so it was, I, I, don't, I don't think it was well handled. Um, wasn't well handled by Andrew Shaw. Wasn't well handled by the league. Um, and um, I got to say, some of the stuff that we've seen on Twitter, I don't think it was uh, necessarily well handled by by fans who, you know, they want to cheer for this this new guy coming here. And I I think had it been anybody else, they would have uh, been far more critical than they were of Andrew Shaw. I was in the building on uh, on that night to watch the game. I was sitting on the other side of, of uh, the ice. And, well, when I saw the hit live, I, I cheered for it, but it wasn't clear to me until I saw the replay. And when, then when I saw the replay and I saw it was a hit from behind, I was like, oh, okay, that wasn't a, a good hit. And, and same thing when during the fight when Shaw, I was asking the crowd to make some noise. I was one of those... 20,000 or whatever the amount of attendance was that cheered during the fight. But then even a few minutes later, I, I, I'm like, what the hell was I doing? Like, why is he even showing the hit? They, they kept replaying the uh, the hit on the scoreboard, and they even kept replaying Andrew Shaw, asking the crowd to make noise in, um, in the arena. And the more times I saw it, the more times I was like, uh, this is it's no good. And I, I was surprised that Canadians were putting... Uh, so much emphasis on even making this a, uh, I don't know, like a, a marketing stunt out of it. I love it. He's my favorite player. Um, that was that was awesome. I mean, that's also something we were probably missing the last couple of years, a little bit of emotion. And, um, that's that's something he brings. I absolutely love seeing that. That's, I mean, he's instantly a fan favorite just from doing that. So, um, I, although it's a preseason game, um, He's a, you know, he's a, he's a physical guy. He's passionate about hockey, and you know, there's, I can guarantee you, everyone in this room absolutely loved it. So Nathan Beaulieu liked that hit that uh, Shaw did, and Rick, there was talk, whether it be in social media or in the media itself, that you know what, this hit would uh, is sending a message across the NHL that the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, are not to be messed with, not a soft team anymore. What are your thoughts of that, on that? Well, there, there's no question that the Canadians will be a different team. Um, they have different personnel. And, um, but I, 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 I don't think a dirty hit conveys anything other than, um, well, here's a guy that we can, um, you know, perhaps bait to, to, um, uh, to, to take a suspension. Uh, I think far more, you know, a far more direct message was sent uh, during the World Cup of Hockey with Shea Weber, the way Shea Weber, um, you know, and we didn't mention him when we were, we were talking about Carey Price earlier, but um, he, he played, you know, there's all kinds of uh, stats out there about uh, his performance, but he played top minutes against the top players of, of the opposing team every single night. Um, he protected Carey Price. Um, Carey Price mentioned how much he appreciated him. Mike Babcock mentioned how much he appreciated him. Um, the, the leadership. I think. I think the direct message across the league is is uh, it's not going to be so easy going into the Montreal zone this season with Shea Weber back there. Not so much. Um, oh, watch out for Andrew Shaw. I, 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 I think that's that's uh, uh, a bit overblown. I think it did send a bit of a message that you know the Canadians will be tougher to play. But like you mentioned, it's not only because of 
Shaw uh, himself. And but that being said, I'm thinking that it's you know it's okay because well Hobbs didn't get hurt on that play; he's not injured, so I'm glad uh, I'm glad to hear that. And well, let us know via Twitter at Hobbs360. What, what are your thoughts on the Andrew Shaw hit? And we'll be uh, reading those in uh, during the next segment. With the ninth pick. Montreal selects from the OHL Windsor Spitfires, Miguel Sergachev. Uh, he's smart the way he moves the puck. Uh, could play both sides. He's got a hell of a shot. And he's run some pretty good number in the OHL. Uh, smart kid, good kid. I, I believe he learned English in three months. I mean, it's amazing. So, uh, you know, I told him, I said, now I'll give you six months to learn French. And while well, we heard Trevor Timmins, who, by the way, during the offseason signed a contract extension with the Montreal Canadiens, and we heard uh, Bergevin, uh, Bergevin, Bergevin speaking on uh, Sergeyev, and it's not bad, a eh? smart guy, learned English in three months, it's been taking me over 30 years and I still haven't mastered it. Uh, Sergeyev, 18-year-old left-handed defenseman, six foot three, 206 overall, Canadiens drafted him ninth overall this season. Rick, I've seen Sergeyev play that one preseason game earlier this week, and I think he, I think he looked uh, pretty good. But you saw him as well in London, part of the the tournament. Uh, tell us, should should we get excited about Sergeyev? We should get very excited about Sergeyev. Uh, played two games, well, let's say a game and a half in London. Um, he left with with an injury uh, in the game against Ottawa, um, and um, but. He was he was outstanding. Um, yeah, as as uh, our GM said, uh, he's very smart, and and that's he's got a, a lot of qualities. Uh, but I think his hockey IQ allows him to play a very mature game. And uh, watching him, um, he uh, Daniel Audet got two goals um, and uh, looked pretty good doing so. But it was because he was set up perfectly by um, Sergeyev um, in the rookie tournament. Um, you know, he, he can move the puck. He, he, he knows when to pick his spots. He's very physical. Uh, Emelin-like hip checks. Um, as Bergevin said, he's got a heavy shot. It, he's, he's just the complete package. Um, uh, you know, he... he 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 was a treat to to interview when we were in um, in London. He's if anything he's he's a, a little bit too honest. Uh, we heard uh, after the the game on Thursday, he said that he was tired in the third period, and it, it was just he was just being honest. It was just a, he was speaking about the pace of the game, not not his um, his conditioning or but but just the pace of the game how from the jump from the OHL to the NHL, what a difference it is. Um, he's a delight to interview. He's a delight to watch on the ice. Um, he's going to be um, a tremendous defenseman for, for the Montreal Canadiens going forward. A question that we received on Twitter from uh, Blaine, who is a staff writer at uh, allhabs.net. He asks, just how much has Sergeyev changed Habs management's uh, plans? So Sergeyev, he is a prospect. The Canadians, they can't send him down to the uh, AHL. If they send him down, he has to go back to uh, to the juniors. And he's allowed to play nine games, and that won't uh, count in, in, in using up a year on his contract. So the Canadians, will they give him a nine-game, nine I should say, contract? I think it's going to be tough. Assuming that there's no uh, injuries and there's no uh, and there's no trade, because right now the Canadians have eight defensemen with uh, NHL contracts, and we all remember what happened last year when the Canadians had eight defensemen on the roster. One of them didn't play until the month of uh, of January, and then got uh, suddenly uh, traded. Then I'm obviously I'm talking about Jared Tenordi, and on a side note, where is he now? So. Uh, Rick, to answer Blaine's question, do you think that he's changing the Canadians' management plans, their minds? 
Um, I I think they're they're happy and they're 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 you know maneuvering him into their their future plans. But I I can't imagine a scenario where he sticks around this season. It's it's actually set up uh, rather well for him to return to junior uh, the Windsor Spitfires. They will have a good team this year. Uh, but besides that, we know that they'll be in the Memorial Cup. They host it. Uh, so there's that, that experience of, of uh, being able to be dominant uh, in the OHL, getting that Memorial Cup experience. Um, I, I think it's, it's set up perfectly for him to go back. I hope that the, the decision is made prior to, you mentioned that nine-game window. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see him... Um, you know, worked into the and play nine games, and then the disappointment of going back it it puts Windsor in a tough position as well. Um, and and I think that the, the Canadians do have, um, you know, the I, I I you know people are are salivating wanting to see him play with Weber, even if he stayed in the NHL, he's not going to be uh, on the top pair, and you're not going to jump from. Uh, the OHL to the top pairing in the NHL. Um, you know, we, we have we have a situation as you mentioned with the eight defensemen. We have um, what what we saw going into the season. We have Markov on the left side, Weber on the right uh, as the first pairing. Emelin and Petrie on the second. Beaulieu and Patterson on the third. Barbario and and Redmond the third. Now now since training camp, that's that's been thrown into flux a bit. We've seen Petrie practicing on the left side, so there's they're certainly considering um, putting Petrie with with Weber. Uh, Beaulieu and Patterson have have looked very good together, and they have that chemistry from um, the AHL. Um, and uh, I think Redmond has surprised. Um, you know, he's been he's been very good, and and head and shoulders above Barbario. Barbario's looked lost. He's looked awful. Um, but I think the Canadians have, you know, they have some questions uh, about how they're going to, uh, uh, what the defense is going to look like on opening night. But I, I don't think that includes Sergeyev even as well as he's played. That's up to the coaching staff. Um, you know, they just they told me, you know, take some reps on the left hand side, see see what you feel and it's kind of uh you know, just kind of a feedback thing right now and you know, I'm just uh doing what I'm told and you know, ultimately the decision's up to the coaching staff. So that was uh, Jeff Petrie earlier this week talking about playing uh on the left side on the defense. So he played the game and he's been practicing on that side. And last week, Rick, we spoke about uh, on uh, who's going to play with Shea Weber. And last week, we focused on two players, Andre Markov and uh, Nathan Bollier. And well, I wasn't expecting uh, Jeff Petrie's name to to uh, to be thrown out there. But now with him playing left defense, it seems that there's a uh, possibility. Michel Terrier said that you know he's just trying it out. You know, it's training camp. We're just trying experiments with our veterans. I personally, Rick, I'm not a fan of uh, Jeff Petrie playing on the left side or playing with Weber on at least not an even strength power play. I think you know there's a potential that could work. Uh, what are your thoughts of a potential Petrie-Weber pairing? Yeah, we know that 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 Petrie is capable of playing that side. He's played that side before. He's even played that side before in Montreal. Um, I. I would rather see him play on his strong side. Um, I think that, um, you know, there is some concern about, uh, about Markov. Um, and as, as I, I made the point last week, he's, uh, he had a great season last season. Um, you know, people talk about him slowing down. I, he's, he's just such a smart player that uh, he doesn't necessarily need the, the, uh, the speed, but he's yeah, he is going to get beat from time to time, um, and so I understand them wanting to protect Markov, leave their options open. Um, but if you put Petrie on the left side to move Markov down, then does that mean that Emelin's playing on his wrong side too? Um, it's it's uh, it, you know that 
10 things become a bit of a jumble and um, I'm, we'll have to see how that all, all shakes out. Because even now, Rick, if you look at it, with, uh, like once again, I'm assuming no injuries and I'm assuming that Sergeyev is getting sent down to, uh, to the juniors. On the left side, there's Boyer, there's Markov, there's Emelin, and there's Barbario. So there's four defensemen on that side. And then on the right side, there's uh, there's uh, Shea Weber, there's Jeff Petrie, there's uh, Craig Pattern, and there's uh, Zach Redmond. If you look on the left side, okay, let's say Bolia and Markov, you know, uh, Markov, if he's not on the first pairing, he'll be on the second one. And then you're looking at either a Bolia or a Nemlin playing on the third line pairing of defensemen. That seems, I don't know, if you put somebody like Emlin on the third line pairing, think it's uh, too much commitment on the salary cap to have for a number five defenseman. Yeah, I'm not sure that they worry about the, the, the salary cap, uh, the, the, you know, uh, arranging people by salary. But, um, but if you move um, Petrie to the left side, it, you, you, you know, who do you, who do you put in that um, second pairing on the right side? Um Pattern or Redmond? I, I I just I just don't see it happening. Well, it put, uh, potential could be have Peachy and Weber and Weber as a first pairing, and then you have a Markov Emlin on the second pairing, and then you have like a Bowyer with Pattern on the third one with a battle with Barbario. I don't know. There's like a lot of bodies on the defense. No. You're you're right. You're absolutely right. But we've seen we've seen Markov and Emelin play together before. But that means that one of them is playing on the wrong side. It's it it has been Emelin, and he's looked awful on on his wrong side. He's even talked about having to adjust turning the wrong way and picking the puck off the boards and those kinds of things. He's he's just not very effective on his wrong side. So. Um, you know, Mike Babcock always insists on on um, on defensemen playing on their on their their natural side, and and there's something to that. Um, some players can do it; um, other players uh, certainly can't. It's harder than it, it's harder than it sounds. <laughs> that's uh, that's for sure. It is. We've posted a poll question on the Habs 360 Twitter account. It's pinned on the profile, and the the poll question is. Would you like Jeff Petrie to play on defense with uh, with Shea Weber? It's a yes or no question. So just uh, go there, vote, and uh, we'll tell you what the results look like in a, a couple of minutes. So your chance to join us is now. You can do it via telephone at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. You can also reach us via Twitter at Habs three sixty, and you can also leave us your comments on uh, the uh, All Habs Facebook page. Also on the other side of the break, a couple of the prospects up front have caught some attention. We'll talk about them on the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Ice Caps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season, I will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs360 podcast and follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. Habs360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. 
I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 Podcast. Featured on allhabs.net. Uh, I thought he had a good game. You know, he, I, I believe he was really, really, really smart. He went hard to the net. Um, his hockey IQ is right there. Um, even uh, he's not the biggest guy, but uh, he's strong on the wall. So he's doing a lot of good little things. So welcome back. It's episode 180 of uh, the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G at uh, Chris G1980. Thank you for uh, for joining us. And we heard there the um, the coach of the Montreal Canadiens, Michel Terrier. He was speaking about Canadiens prospect. He's he's been getting a lot of attention. His name is Lettonen. Hard to pronounce that name. You have to get the, the, hang, of, the hang of it. Arturi Lekkonen is uh, the way to pronounce uh, his name. He is a, a second-round pick of the Montreal Canadiens in uh, 2013, 21-year-old from uh, Finland. Against the New Jersey Devils, he took nine shots on goal. He was playing on the line with uh, Galchenyuk and Gallagher. And then later in the week against the Senators, he took one shot on goal and he got an assist. He was playing on the line with uh, Plekanec and uh, Sven uh, Andrigetto. So, Rick, uh, he's, Lekonen is one of the players that you also saw playing in London. You've seen him play as well a couple of preseason games. Uh, what are your thoughts on him so far? Well, um, I uh, will go back to 2013, three years ago, um, summers ago when I first saw Arturi Lekkonen in person and that was um, the junior development camp in Lake Placid um, he was there, uh, Jakob De La Rose, Mike McCarron, Charles Houdon, Zach Bucalli at the time Sebastian Kohlberg was there um, uh, a Canadian's pick um, and uh, Arturi Lekkonen playing for Finland was outstanding he was playing on the top line with uh, Table Caravine, um, those two were just dynamic together. Um, there was a game I recall. It was Finland versus Sweden, which always a you know a, a, a natural rivalry. Uh, Lekkonen versus De La Rose. Um, uh, Lekkonen had had both goals for for Finland. Uh, uh, De La Rose had a goal for um, uh, Sweden. Um, it was 2-2. Uh, they went into overtime and then a shootout. It was a 10-round shootout. And the coach, uh, Kerry Keevy, um, sent out uh, Taravainen for four, um, four opportunities in the shootout and Lekkonen three times. Uh, Finland, went, I don't remember who scored um, uh, for Finland, but they went on to, to win, but Lekkonen, I was just, I came away thinking, wow, this guy is just um, outstanding. He's got, his skating is good. He's not, you know, not, not a speedster, but his skating's very good. He's got great hands, um, not afraid to play physical. He's really good in, in high traffic play. Um, and he's just over, you know, the last couple of, of years in Colunda, he's been playing against men um, and, He's just gotten better and stronger. Um, and I, I don't think there's any question that he's an NHL-caliber player capable of playing in your top six right now. Um, you know, he, he's 
obviously has to uh, adjust to the different ice surface and, and the, um, the, the different schedule, the, 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 the wear and tear of an NHL schedule, but um, he looks very good. Um, he looked a bit better with Galchenyuk than he did with Pocanitz. Um but uh, but Rick, you know, but Rick, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Plakanis, he's never interested in playing preseason games. No, well, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And um, and I think even Lekkonen said, um, you know, it 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 took him a while, but they had they had to figure out what Plakanis was doing out there. <laughs> but they they kind of had some chemistry as uh, the game went on, and in that game he rifled a shot off the crossbar. He got an assist in, the, in Thursday's game, but he, he rifled a shot off the crossbar in the third period. But had that gone in, we would be talking even in more glowing terms about him. Um, so I, I, I don't see any question that, that the Canadians um, will, will keep him. You know, stranger things have happened. Um, some of the decisions we don't understand, but... Um, I think he's been absolutely outstanding. Yeah, and one thing to keep in mind, well, that the Canadians will keep in mind when making that decision, is that he has a clause in his contract that if he doesn't make the NHL, he's allowed to go back in uh, in Europe. Uh, so like you said, I think I thought he played a, he's played great so far, especially in the game against the New Jersey Devils. And well, he's a. If he stays, he has to be a, a top six forward. And as a top six forward, we need him to score. So I'd like to see him at least before the end of the preseason, score a couple of goals, show us that he's able to uh, to finish uh, to finish the job. So, but but Rick, I think I know the answer based on your comments. Uh, it seemed at least at the golf tournament that uh, Michel Terrier had said that uh, Shaw would be on the second line with Plakanitz and Radulov. Uh, do you think that uh, Lekonen uh, would be an upgrade to Shaw at that position? No question. Um, and, I, I mean, Shaw is just more a, uh, a Terrian type of player. Um, but, uh, you know, and, 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 and that's, that's, that's the big... Um, wrench in the mix here is that, that Michelle Terrian is still the coach of this team. Um, and he's not a very good coach. Um, so, uh, you know, does, does Shaw start on the second line? Does he move up and down the line, uh, the lineup? Probably. Uh, will Lekkonen get uh, enough opportunities or will he be, you know, will his confidence be, uh, uh, take a hit from playing for for Terrian, probably again. But if he can stick through it uh, until we um, we all cheer for the the Terrian firing, um, I'll just throw that in there. Um, <laughs> he's he's going to he's going to have a a pretty successful transition to the NHL. Yeah, so that's something that uh, we're we're going to keep in mind. Uh, Going forward and literally watching out uh, until until the end of the training camp, pretty much next week. You know what? Uh, um, he went hard to the net. Definitely hard to play against. You know, he's a big boy, and uh, I finished a few uh, few check. Uh, we could see he's got better pace than last year. It's a process with with those with those uh, type of players. Uh, but you know, I thought he had a good game, he's a good game tonight. So Michael McCarron, I agree with the coach. He did have a tough game uh, against uh, his first game. Was a tough game, and well, even McCarron had it, said it himself. But then we heard uh, Chris Cuthbert with a call. McCarron scoring against the Ottawa Senators. And a side note, boy, do I miss hearing Chris Cuthbert calling Montreal Canadiens games. Uh, but with with current uh, composition of the roster, uh, Rick, I don't see Michael McCarron starting with the Montreal Canadiens on uh, October 10th when the puck drops. But I'm convinced he's going to finish the season. Do you see? Do you see any way that McCarron, besides injuries, 
that he can make the roster? Well, if the correct decision is made and David Darnay is no longer with the Montreal Canadiens, then Michael McCarron would be your your third line center. Um, it's it's at this point it's not even a hockey decision. Um, it's unfortunate McCarron. Um, I, I believe he's going to play on the wing tonight. He's much better at center. Um, he's, he scored a really nice goal the other night. He, he imposed in his size as he drove to the net. Um, I, he was dominant in the, the rookie tournament uh, at both ends of the ice. He's, he's much quicker than he was last year. Um, unfortunately, you're right. He's likely to, to start the season in St. John's. And um, either that or he, he's here to play in the fourth line. I, I don't see it, but he'll, he'll likely go to St. John's but, and wait for the, the, the shuffle to happen over the year, whether in personnel or coaching staff, and then he'll be uh, brought up to finish the, uh, the year in Montreal. All right, time now to go to our uh, social media to get some comments from our listeners. Uh, if we go first, First comment comes in from uh, Mike Greeny in regards to the Shaw hit. He writes, it was a dirty hit, dirty punch on the ice, but I loved the wave to the crowd. Sports is entertainment. People seem to forget that. So thank you very much for the tweet, uh, Mike. Mike writes to us from uh, Parts Unknown, I guess is the way to, uh, to call that. Uh, next tweet comes from uh, Daniel Corbin. He writes from uh, Grand Falls uh, Winter. He writes, I didn't like the hit. Did like how he sunk his teeth. I to the Montreal fan base. Okay, I think there's a word missing in there with that fight. And that's one thing that we didn't mention during that fight, uh, Rick, as well. That when uh, the, the Capitals player was down, Two more. Uh, Andrew Shaw gave him two more punches, and I wasn't a fan of that uh, of that either. No, I I agree. I, I didn't like the whole incident. Uh, next tweet comes from Richard, who is a Blackhawks fan. He's actually he's tweeting us from Chicago. He writes, "Give Shaw a chance. You will love him in Montreal. Someone has got to get dirty goals and show toughness on your team." So there you go. So Shaw sent the message over to Richard in uh, Chicago. Uh, Ron, he writes, his name is Ron Mexico, so maybe he's writing from Mexico. He writes, I love how they dumped Subban because he was a distraction, but bring in this moron. So I guess he's not a, uh, he's probably still uh, frustrated over that Subban uh, trade, but uh, I guess he's referring to what? To a distraction? It's the kind of player the Montreal Canadiens wanted. If there was somebody's character who I think fans should have, should should be on the caution with is Rajlov, who's had it quite the past when it comes uh, to that uh, department. Uh, a couple of one tweet that we got about uh, Michael Condon comes from Louis, who is a uh, a self-proclaimed on his profile a, a die-hard Habs fanatic. It, whether or not has Condon played himself out of a job, he writes, yes, he has. I find he gives up too many rebounds. Montoya will be the backup. And it sounds, Rick, like he, he agrees with us. Yeah, I think so. I, I, we, we get many comments uh, looking at the, the Facebook, um, the All Habs uh, fan page on Facebook. Uh, there's many that say, uh, this one from Emily says that uh, Condon is ECHL bound. Um, there's others who are not very complimentary, and we'll skip those. Um, but then you you hear from uh, this this one's on the um, on the uh, website, and uh, there was an article this week on the site about looking at the goaltending beyond Carey Price. This is from Philip Turnbull, um, and I think he expresses uh, what many fans uh, uh, who have a fondness for for. Uh, Mike Condon. Um, He says, I think Condon under the circumstances did excellent last season. Considering the experience he had, he did more than could be expected and was not the problem. He deserves to remain in Montreal, but probably not clear waivers and be lost to another team 
smart enough to have the foresight. He was a positive factor last year and played his heart out. It was not his fault. Uh, it was not his fault. Terry could not adjust to the circumstances we faced. Um, Condon was not the, the, the biggest problem last season. Um, it was Michelle Terrian and his ability to adjust once Carey Price and his insistence on having uh, David Darnay as the first-line center, um, which led to a disastrous December. But let's be honest, Mike Condon um, did uh, not have a good season. Um, we've said this is the, the most interactive podcast, and we're doing the interactive part now, but it's also the most informative. So let me just, let me just add some, something in here. If you look at a stat uh, called GSAA, that's goal saved above average. Now, what is that? Um, that you take the, the league's save percentage and you apply it to the number of shots that a goaltender has faced. The result is the number of goals allowed by an average goaltender. Uh, and then you compare that to the goalie in question that you're, you're trying to rate, and you'll come up with a plus or minus number. And basically that says that that kind of takes the team out of it or, or, or it says in, if you had an average goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens last season, he would give up um, this, he would give up this many goals uh, on those number of shots. Um, and you end up with a, with a number. Carey Price in his Vesna season led, led the league um, in that number, in that goal saved above average number. Um, last, last year in just 12, in just 12 starts, Carey Price's number was seven. That is, he saved seven goals that an average goaltender would not have saved in his 12 games. If you look at Mike Condon and, and Carey Price ranked 13th, I think. Um, if you look at Mike Condon, he has a dismal six, minus 16.86. Uh, that means he gave up. 17 goals over the course of the season that at just a basic average goaltender would not have given up. Um, Mike Condon ranked 67th in that stat among goaltenders last season. Um, it was, he, he was, he was, you know, he, he had a rough season and the NHL, it, well, professional sports, you can't put an asterisk beside uh, and say, well, you know, uh, he, it was his first try at it. So, um, you know, he did, he did as good as he could. There was lots of young goaltenders in the league last year that were thrown into difficult situations that had a much better season. You had Peter Morazic, you had Martin Jones, you had Matt Murray, who won uh, a Stanley Cup, uh, Connor Hellebuck in, in, in um, Winnipeg. Uh, so we can't we can't we can't blame the inexperience um, that when they're when they're put in that situation they have to perform it's what they live for and uh, we can say pretty strongly Mike Condon didn't perform when given the opportunity last year. Yeah, for sure the numbers definitely do uh, do speak for themselves. And one more aspect that we had on our social media was the Habs 360 poll question. Would you like to have featured to play on defense with uh, Shea Weber? The results, they stand right now at 34% as yes, and 66% is no. So it's pretty, uh, pretty uh, lopsided when it, comes, uh, when it comes to that. Rick, unfortunately, it's all the time that we got today. Wow, we're done already. Yeah, we are. So thanks very much for joining us, Rick, and we'll talk again uh, next week. Uh, next week at this time, we'll have a better idea of the roster because we know we're pretty sure that we'll get more and more uh, cuts along the way this week, and that's definitely going to cause some discussion. And while you know what that means, Rick and I will probably going to disagree uh, at uh, some point. And then next week, Rick has a bold prediction on Michel Terrier. We'll, we'll see if we'll, we'll be able to have him say it uh, on the air. It's, uh, so it's definitely worth tuning in and finding out what that is. We, we heard a smoke alarm uh, uh, earlier in today's episode. When you hear his bold prediction, the whole building might, uh, might set on fire. I want to thank your listeners for making 
Habs 360, your number one podcast, part of the International Podcast Day. Thank you very much for listening. And we're going to be back next Saturday, back to a regular time, 2 p.m. Eastern. From now until then, Canadians have a couple of preseason games, all with uh, rivals, Senators, Leafs twice, and the Boston Bruins. My name is Chris G. We're back next week. Go Habs, go. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.